You are listening to iRadio TT online all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music from the islands. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to Music Matters. The Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dowage Phillips. And I am Nigel Campbell. And once again, we are talking about the business of music here in the Caribbean. Yes, and this time, guys, it's just me and Nigel. It's been a while since alone you just together. had both of us alone again. I think this is probably the, the first one, actually, the very first podcast ever time. did. Like about In four a, years ago. Exactly, exactly. Well, it was just us both. Yeah. So here we are, back together again, just the both of us, no guests. No guests for this podcast. But we'll be talking about issues about Caribbean music and the Caribbean music industry, as we always do. And yes. we have a lot to talk about. 2020 was a year that we'll never forget. 2021 is is living up to be equally bad so far. We have vaccine mm-hmm. rollouts happening in the Caribbean. But people Slowly. still, but people, the entertainment industry is still the last to be reopened in a number of territories in the Caribbean, certainly in Trinidad and Tobago, where we are, and mm-hmm. up the other islands. So our conversation is long and strong and wide and deep and far-ranging and everybody <laughs> listen to us. You know, we, we talk about um, the entertainment industry being chill on Niger, but you know what I find interesting? Mm. It is pumping in the US. It is pumping. I'm looking at Atlanta and Florida clubs that people are clubbing. I see artists have actually, you know, Shen is performing. Mm. I see a lot of Jamaican artists going to the States to perform. I heard Farmer Nappy say after Carnival when he won everything that he said mm-hmm. he will be going to the US. He have a green card and he's going over there because what he's a dead game. And I mean, whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, I'm not even sure. All I know is that, well, certainly Atlanta and Florida, like they never shut down. Right? Never. And their never. governors, their governors were just saying, oh, the, the COVID is going to come and it's going to go. They were following the Trump mm-hmm. doctrine. Just the other day, yeah. they had a baseball game in Atlanta, like 38,000 people, everybody mm-hmm. crammed up, no masks. No so masks. That, so the idea of the, the idea of the COVID is almost like a cold, a long-standing cold is, is stuck in America. And I guess by as a consequence, they have benefited in that they never close down certain parts of the entertainment industry in yeah. certain places. And I guess if Caribbean music is supposed to make an entree somewhere, go where there's an audience and go where yeah. you can continue doing what you do well because, because it's not happening in the Caribbean. I can tell you no, that. and I think they're watching all these foreign-based artists Mm-hmm. still performing still getting gigs like normal big time, so yeah i think time. i think it, it'll be interesting to see how many people eventually because our borders in trinidad are still closed mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of islands in the caribbean and their borders are open yeah. so people can't travel freely but our borders are still closed so it'll be a interesting year, to and see a year and days and it's a year now plus going on yeah Probably a year and a month or two by now so yeah. that um it's it's difficult, as I said, borders closing sites for our Caribbean artists can't travel and perform regionally or even internationally. Because getting out is kind of kind of a problem. Certainly coming back and is even more of a problem. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the, the COVID and the regulations that were mandated all across the islands certainly suppressed how we did business. And yes. critically, it suppressed the, the biggest part of the music business that happens in the Caribbean, which is the live music part of it. Yes. And once that was suppressed, it seemed as though a lot of artists, I don't know, probably went into hiding, went underground. Very few of them actually um, created brand new music, um, which was unfortunate because I thought that would have been a better time to kind of read. Well, to, to that's, is, that's in Soka. Eh? Let's be clear. Cause we talk well, about Caribbean music in Soka, in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. We had we had a lot of artists, especially the more popular ones producing music. Yeah. Um, Jamaica, the music scene is pumping like normal. But I are mean, the numbers albums... the same? Because I know a number of artists have put out albums and they go in and record in studio with your engineer is, is COVID friendly and releasing it, of course, now digitally more so than making a record and selling it is not a problem. But I've I've always wondered about the numbers. How many records were actually produced annually? I, I can't answer that. I can't answer that because only it's only within the last two years I've really been focused on covering the Jamaica music scene. Mm-hmm. So I'm still learning about that industry. So I can't say in terms of numbers, but it it does strike me, you know, every week I do a, a new music list for Loop and I am always struck by how many songs, how many albums come mm-hmm. out of Jamaica. 
Like literally, as soon as the carnival season in Trinidad was over, even though we didn't have a carnival, there were so many mm-hmm. albums and singles that dropped from Jamaica. It was amazing. Yeah. So it doesn't seem to me like if the industry has, has stopped has, at all. Has, People at are all. still... And I think over the, and the thing that a lot of interviews with artists all over the world, not just in the Caribbean, people use the pandemic period to create. Well, people lived in studios; they were mm-hmm. just creating, you know. That is, I, I was, I read a story. I think up to today, like Send Kits of all places was doing. That's not, that's not a disparagement, but Send Kits film industry did their the homework as it was in this in the um the shutdown time. So they were able to drop like five films and develop films mm-hmm. and develop the industry and thing. And as a, as we as we all know, I mean, as I said, we could talk for Trinidad and Tobago because of the shutdown and how the government, the relationship between the government and the industries is that if nothing happens at the government level or if there's no funding, certainly nothing happens. There was a kind of muting of our, our output, as you recognize. Mm-hmm. Jamaica and all the other islands certainly were putting out new music up to Puerto Rico. Um, Daddy Yankee, at least, was dropping yeah, as usual, mm-hmm. billion, billion view videos and that kind of stuff. So nothing stopped. And I think this 2020 into 2021 is going to kind of separate the sheep from the goat almost. Because yeah. if you're not up with it, and if you're not innovating, and if you're not evolving, and you're not pivoting, which was the kind of catchword that we used in 2020... Perfect. Yeah, you're kind yeah. of going to get left behind. And, and the new music industry now, it's all digital, it's all online, it's social media driven. If you're not creating, and creation is what has to happen because it's still a, a numbers game, it's still a volume industry where numbers yeah. are important, how many records you put out and then how many fans are liking and all that kind of stuff. So it's up to the artists but, and certainly up to policymakers to understand that. You're going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say music has certainly been, to me, the big winner in this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, music has really come to the fore as, as, as you know, something to soothe, to yes. heal, to distract, to entertain. Entertain. And, and speaking about innovation and, you know, one of the one of the platforms that has been leading that charge is Versus. Did you catch the Earth, Wind and Fire versus well, Isley Brothers? I'm going to show my Sunday age. night? My band, my band, full stop. <laughs> my band is Earth, Wind and Fire, full stop. Anything yeah, that's my band fire that's ever my created band is my band. I always yes. like Isley Brothers and I always tell people this story back in 1994, Essence Music Festival, the very first one. Barry White was supposed to perform on the final night and he couldn't perform and the Isley Brothers came on and they matched up the place. And then following yeah. them was Earth, Wind and Fire. That's my band. And I hadn't seen them. I had never seen Maurice perform. So uh, you know it is. And Maurice has yeah, passed now. Yeah. But to see the band and I say, this is worth it, boy. I mean, absolutely amazing and needless to say when you're an icon you're an icon and these fellas are clearly icons Isley Brothers making music since 1959 Legend Shout which was covered by The Beatles people don't know this was written by the Isley Brothers Legends they are legends and you know what struck me listen Mm. the Mm. musicality the storytelling the the, the craft that went into making Mm -hmm. these these these, these these songs, the, the live instrumentation. I'm like, we just don't have. We, that was such a beautiful era. These men came up in. I'm so thankful. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. growing up, I remember a time my my sister mm-hmm. got a, a Earthwind and Fire album from her boyfriend. I was real small. I watched the album. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of it. What was the pyramid? Um, Spirit. Yes. And I was like, and I was oh, like, what? Which one? Was it a yellow album or was it a blue album? It was a kind of multi blue and something. All and all, all and all. That's the one with right. fantasy and serpentine fire. Sorry. Right. right. That's the one with fantasy. Trust me. And I, I remember the watching the fire. album. And I, I was a child. I was really mm. small. I remember watching the album. Say, what the hell is this? Mm. But years later, mm-hmm. I listened to the album. I said, oh, mm-hmm. people have good music. And then mm-hmm. I saw them for the first time in Tobago jazz. Remember? Mm, yes. The days when Clico yeah, did Tobago Clico. jazz. Yes, and I yes. remember standing in front of that stage. Mm-hmm. And every song they sang, I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. Do you sing this song? Do you sing this song? I sang a lot. Laura, I go show my it age. Amazing. I go show my age. As I said, since the 1970s, when they were kind of hitting their peak as it was, I've been a yeah. fan of the band. Couldn't understand how a man could sing with such a high voice, that's Philip Bailey, for such yes. a sustained period. I mean, sing a whole this song like that. Is and I said, this man is unreal. unreal. Horns, harmonies, it was too much. But then IG yeah. Brothers had dropped an album. I want to say it was in the early 80s, between the sheets. 
Oh God. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, oh God. My God. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that was it. Listen. Boy. Was, you know, they I, have June. real hits, you know. Like June I forgot how much hits IZ Brothers have. June, yeah. And they were also kind of innovators in the business of music because they were on their own label. They were the only artists yes. on their label. So they had they yes. got a deal early on when the music business was clearly segregated in America, and they got a label, and they were able to produce their music. So they were doing things. Earth, Wind, and Fire yes. in the I want to say is the late seventies, early eighties. Had done by the yeah. time they had done September, they had their own label also distributed. But there were things that were happening in the industry certainly at that time. That now in twenty twenty one, a whole new range of fans could see what we, what they missed. I could tell you that for a fact. Yes. And how 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 these how these people are still relevant because. I thought that was a great that was a great thing about the show. I mean, these fellas are coming and singing, and Steve Harvey just played his role as it was. But they mm-hmm. were so relevant, and young people who have been sampling the music of the Isley Brothers and sampling the music of Earth, Wind, and Fire had never even knew the source music. And hearing these fellas now in the sixties, going on the seventies for some of them, still singing with the same quality of voice, same yes. musicianship. Ah, it's a and life that, lesson. And that to me, Timbaland and Swiss Beats has mm-hmm. done amazing job i mean i don't even think they anticipated what the impact of this well, would have been like i mean we, we, we that... had a, a podcast where we, where we kind of asked the question after beanie man and bounty killer if you didn't yeah. know how big that thing was i'm sorry yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. sorry yeah it, it, it's been amazing and and mm-hmm. what they've been able to do re- literally revive careers yes. literally introduce younger a younger generation mm-hmm. to really classic music and mm-hmm. classic artists who we probably would not you know would have just been playing for the same audiences all the time mm-hmm. and more than that i mean they sold versus to thriller they have mm-hmm. a you know now they, they they have made all the artists who who were with them from the beginning mm-hmm. investors in thriller yes. so people actually benefited Big you know mm-hmm. um they're looking to bring i was listening to their recap they're bringing Afian crockett Afian crockett is a is a comedian mm-hmm. whose mother is actually a trinidadian trinity the bone uh, trinity the bone he rep trinidad hard um mm-hmm. he's hilarious mm-hmm. he does a parody after every versus Okay. And after this last verses, they did had Godfrey comedian do playing Steve Harvey. He was spot on. I really laugh, laughed at that cry. Mm. And you know, Swiss and Timberland said they're looking to bring them into the Versus family too. So wow, Versus has mm. Versus is a platform that has really created opportunities, not just for singers, musicians, mm-hmm. but now comedians for mm-hmm. DJs. And mm-hmm. Nigel, I looked at this mm. and I asked myself, Oh God. What who's creating opportunities for our artists in the digital realm? Mm. Who's creating opportunities for our music industry in the Caribbean? Who in the Caribbean Good is question. doing this? Well, I, I like the question. I hear what you're saying because I'm sure, and this is maybe a controversial thing. I'm not sh- I'm sure that Timberland and Swiss Beast were the first to decide, hey, let's put two artists back to back who we know on a platform like Instagram Live and see how it is and if you can get us X number of views. But once you got traction and once you got hits, and I'll say it again, Bounty Killer and Beanie Man, 500,000. And then I think it was Monica and what's her name? Um, Brandy who and, mm. and everybody else after that. And then, of course, all the legends as it was. They knew, okay, we're on to big thing. And the, the way that the American music business certainly operates is once you get a certain cap and a certain value, we're selling it. Numbers, right? numbers. Making money, right? Mm-hmm. Regionally, locally, I know that people have been trying variations of a digital platform to yes. expose the music industry. One Fayan. Fayan Lions trending, CH yes. trending. Um Tizik, which um you have to yes. remember his name. He's out, he, I think he's based in, in Sheldon, Sheldon Monroy. Yes. And I'm trying to remember his business, um Dexter. What's his Dexter's name? You'll get it. Sheldon and Dexter. <laughs> Sheldon and Dexter. Yeah. <laughs> They launched um, Tizik. Tizik. I know there's Tigo TV and I know that Kess's brother, yes. Jan, is a, is a principal in that. So I know that there are persons within the English-speaking Caribbean and certainly outside of the English-speaking Caribbean in the Netherlands, Antilles, I think. Um, if you right to remember the name, is it Track Trip? Is that Track, name? track Trip in Suriname, track yes. Track Trip, yes. So that yes. there are platforms that are happening. Whether or not the traction is there from the audience, which is us, the listeners and the viewers and the subscribers, that's the second question. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, so don't forget Carrie Stream from Farley. Farley yes. Joseph. We had actually we had on our podcast. podcast. Yes, Farley Joseph. Yes. Big up to Farley. Yes, yes. an indigenous streaming platform for the there Caribbean. Uh, yes, correct. Um, Carrie mm-hmm. Stream with both video and audio. Yeah. Yes. So as I said, there are 
persons who are doing it, right? The bigger question that has always popped up, certainly out in the Caribbean, is do we have the numbers, indigenous numbers to support it, or even the diaspora numbers to support yeah. these industries? And it's a, it's a big question that a lot of the times the answer is just not is not is not yes, it's no. Is the, is the question is the question do we have the do we have the numbers or is the mm. question why aren't we getting the numbers? All right, um, we have numbers. I mean. Based on the fact that the, the Caribbean islands and possibly the Caribbean basin, I think is what the Americans like to use, has about 40 million people speaking four different languages, Dutch and, right. and its variations, English, Spanish, and French. Um, do we operate together as a business unit? No. No. <laughs> do we, let's, let's focus on the English speaking Caribbean for the time being. I think we have some information about them. Is the English-speaking Caribbean spending its money to buy subscriptions, to, no. to, to be part of the commerce? Well, you, there you go. <laughs> right? yes. and, and, and there was an interesting um, discussion recently mm-hmm. that you're aware of when mm-hmm. I, I think it was a Jamaican newspaper published uh, the fact that Marshall Montano's wedding yes. album mm-hmm. shot was number one on the reggae charts and there it put go. the amount of copies it sold and it was like, what, 300 and It was a little bit. It was, it it was, was a little bit. A little and bit. people were shocked. Mm-hmm. But that is a very clear illustration of mm-hmm. the level of support that we give to our artists. I remember recently interviewing Ejan Sasko, mm-hmm. um, dancer artist from Jamaica, and he mm-hmm. was talking about the fact that we are not supporting our artists and we're not selling, we're not moving the kind of units that get the attention from the mainstream. One one of the things that has happened, certainly with the whole digitization of music, and this happened possibly before I before iTunes, possibly when Napster happened, that trend of digitizing and making seemingly making music free took hold in a big way, certainly in the Caribbean. So people now view music as a as a as a service that is a listening thing that you hear. And the idea of but weren't, buying... we, but weren't we there before before digital Niger in terms of piracy? Remember how high piracy well, was? Well, piracy was pi- piracy was a thing. But <laughs> even when they pirated records, there was some element of piracy where there was actually resale of pirated materials. So yes, there was this kind cheaper. of buying and selling of at a, a value which was lower, right? Right. And of course, the money doesn't go into the right hands and that kind of thing. But one of the things, as I said, that I keep bumping up my head against is the idea that the whole digital world and has devalued music generally. And it goes to the, to, to the players like Spotify, which is now in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and iTunes and Apple, because they set a price and they set a rate for per stream that basically was so low. The idea was that if I create a low rate for a subscription and for a stream, it will disincentivize piracy. And it yes. possibly did. But even that and all has this some elements of piracy, even with the digital realm that people use stream rippers and VPNs to get around the exclusion of certain um, platforms that we didn't have. And as, as, as I mentioned again, um, Spotify is now officially in the Caribbean and is now part of our musicians can now be part of the conversation and certainly the audiences, the, the patrons, yes. the, the buyers, right? The big question is whether or not we are going to spend our money, which is hard exactly. to come by. It's US exactly. dollars they're asking for to buy a subscription, which could be, you know, ten dollars or US or probably eight dollars. Yeah, US because they have a free they have a free and a premium model. Yeah. How many people are buying a premium model? And it's 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 we don't as you said, we don't have a culture of of buying music mm-hmm. and streaming. We somehow feel entitled to this. We should just get this music for free because it's our people. But um, can I ask a question though? Certainly in the last, let's say, five, six years with the kind of domination of YouTube, which is the number one streaming service in the world, a lot of artists, and certainly I, could, I think in the soca world, they put their music on YouTube and that's it, right? Yes. So that there's no kind of incentive by the, by the buying public to buy anything. I just exactly. go on YouTube and I hear it or hate it. And, and you could and you could download the music. And you could download the music for free. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that I, I'm, I'm also, I've often wondered how many artists are... Of the mindset of some of those, well, the Jamaican artists who we all know, protege and is, is whose business document that has created a label and that kind of stuff, so that we allow the idea that people have to buy our music if you want to get our music, and yeah. and of course you, you you cited Marshall Montano's recent um, wedding album, which to me is an absolutely brilliant album. It is more, a brilliant album. More on that later, but he has always followed a business model, which is a kind of typical business model of an independent label. You have to buy and sell. Yes, you get on streaming, but you also have a product that is sold. And I'm I'm here for the business of music. I'm not here to just drop some records and hope I get a gig, because now with as we've known with COVID nineteen for the last um last what is that 13, 14 months now, <laughs> last ten years it <laughs> <Yeah>. feels like. <laughs> yeah. 
you can't touring is, is dead right and not many yeah. people are doing virtual concerts at, at a high enough level even to to to, uh, to get patrons to spend money for virtual tickets and all that kind of stuff so it, it becomes difficult but i've i've, I've thought that part and parcel the problem is a certain kind of culture of 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 um not expectancy but a kind of entitlement that as you rightly mm-hmm. said carbon people is we, we make you say for you have to give us your music for free there's yeah. that there is i have to admit there's a kind of lack of money when people and there are a lot of people in the there is who, that a lot of people in the caribbean who have to make a choice do i want to spend for a ten dollars us on a subscription or do i want to spend six to thirty dollars on buying food <laughs> or do I even or do I even have what the tools to access this music? There are a lot of I don't know the official numbers. I was going to look for it Excellent before this podcast. Point, Laura. But I don't know how many people in the Caribbean have credit cards. Remember when Uber Correct. came to Trinidad? Yes. One of the things that they they spoke about is the fact that their credit card penetration was not very high. Mm-hmm. And as such, they were actually accepting cash, which is not what which is not their model. Not their business the US, model. Correct, yes. Right? So there aren't a lot of people with credit cards in the Caribbean. That, or who can't qualify for credit cards in the Caribbean. So how do you then access the music? What are the financial models that will allow people mm-hmm. to access this music? I think one of the things that we've seen in examples, well, as we know, um, there's a kind of, certainly in Trinidad, there's a kind of push. And it's, it's, more, it's a very recent push to give everybody who has a bank account a debit card, and that debit card will be branded by Visa so that they'll be sooner or later. MasterCard. Or MasterCard. So that will be able to utilize that kind of credit card service. But as you rightly say, not many people have bank accounts. And I, I know that, for example, in the country of Haiti, I only understand only 10% of the population have bank accounts. But 100% mm-hmm. of them have phones, cell phones, right? Yes. And I think the company that you work for is a pioneer in sending, um, sending phones to, yes. to Haiti, Digicel. But yeah. mobile money is a thing that happens certainly in Haiti and some other parts of the world and things that mm. quote unquote on lesser developed countries. So that there's a value that is the technology is there. We didn't necessarily invent it, but it now is it's now incumbent upon some of these platforms like Spotify, like I guess Trending and, and Carry Stream and others, to understand that there are other ways to buy for to pay for services. Yeah. You now have to incorporate those services because the Caribbean is like a, a melting pot and like an experimental garden for things. We can't necessarily copy wholesale what we see in America. America, yes. anybody could get a credit card. They send you a credit card until you get, you get a, a, a credit of $100. Open an account and you could open an account online. And those are things that happen. Yes. We and that's ha- why I've been thinking so mm-hmm. much about the innovation because mm-hmm. we're waiting for, for Spotify to come here. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for Versus to holler. And mm-hmm. I, I have to tell you, Fian did tell me, mm-hmm. disclosed to me that she has been having discussions with Versus. Um, Marshall, Marshall revealed on a clubhouse chat when he was promoting his album, the, 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 night, the night the album dropped, mm-hmm. that he was approached by Versus. So, Ooh. you know, we're waiting for all these, um, all these outsiders to come mm-hmm. to us mm-hmm. but what are we doing because they don't understand our culture they don't no. understand the, they don't really know the lay of the land and they, they don't, don't listen to music our... matters the caribbean edition yes but they don't mm-hmm. understand they don't know our unique issues so mm-hmm. we it is incumbent upon us in the caribbean mm-hmm. music stakeholders musicians artists you know, business people, developers, some of these donor banks, IADB or, mm-hmm. you know, CDB, just, CDB it doesn't come upon bank, yeah. mm-hmm. us to, 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 to develop innovative things that address our particular needs. Mm-hmm. You know, a different, we have to invent a different model that will help to push our music industry. And I just, I'm kind of frustrated because I think this pandemic period has really been a great driving force for innovation. We've seen it with, we see that happen, you know, all of a sudden government services are digitized across yeah. the region. Across the region, um, correct. Yes. <laughs> everybody have a food delivery app. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, you know, everything's Fresh. been digitized. Mm-hmm. But what is happening in the music, even even film, you know, in Trinidad recently, the film film company launched Film to Go, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a streaming platform for Caribbean yeah. films in conjunction yes. with Tego TV. Yeah. So we film see cool. that happening mm-hmm. for, for, for in that part of the creative sector. But what is happening for the music industry? Who is who are the people coming up with the concepts to help put us in the digital space where we could actually make some noise and make everybody sit up and pay attention to us? I, I wonder, I've been doing some, I'll actually kind of 
of course, being aware that we're going to have this conversation tonight, I was trying to go back in time to see who were the innovators and who were the investors and entrepreneurs who got into the music industry. I don't know for mm. Trinidad, from way, way back, Eduardo Sagom started with record labels and sent our clips to America back in the 1930s and that kind of stuff. He also brought early, early recordings to Trinidad in the 1920s. Um, going forward, Bolo Christopher started a record label, KA Records. Um, Robert Amar famously created Caribbean Song Bashan and almost created a genre with um with General Grant and and this mm-hmm, kind of Rapso mm-hmm. 2.0. I don't necessarily created a genre, but created <laughs> but Rapso 2.0 certainly would blossom yeah. under him. And coming forward, um, not, not many other people. I mean, we've had small investors, but the kind of massive investors that kind of dominate the kind of landscape within the music industry that has petered out to a, to a certain point. And I have an opinion that it's also tied into the to two things. Recognition that the business of music is a volume business. And mm. you just because we don't have those numbers, any attempt at forming labels is become it becomes kind of cost prohibitive. It becomes a very risky movement. The other the other aspect of it, of course, I think is that kind of what I call the government policy hesitation. A lot of our entrepreneurs take their cues from government and government policy. The government has laid out policy for creative industries, including music, for years, since the 1990s. And I'm sure that's Mm -hmm. the case all over the Caribbean. But then we look at how the government acts and how they actually enable those policies. And when we see that the government investment in the music industry is minimal, a million TT dollars in in the Trinidad and Tobago case, you recognize and, and no kind of acknowledgement and no willingness to innovate the carnival, which is a kind of catalyst for, car- for mm-hmm. calypso music and soca music in Trinidad. And there's no innovation for carnival. You just stop it shut. Then you realize that policy guides entrepreneurial spirit almost to a point. And if those things aren't working, you would not get the kind of massive investments that you got back in the day of Amar and, and others going back further. Uh, like a Chris Blackwell who created Island Records or, or, or setting up um, Compost Point Studio in Nassau, Bahamas, where everybody recorded, or Eddie Grant setting up Ice Records mm-hmm. in Barbados. Those kind of massive investments don't, don't but, hold fast any longer. Because now it seems music is a very individual thing. Music is a very independent artist, owned, he does everything kind of thing, to his credit or to his lack of innovation. Because what we're seeing, as you noted, is the individual way of everybody being on their own and doing it on their own without that kind of collective work or that kind of collective business model as it was and collaboration is affecting us. Would you blame the government? I mean, I I think the the artists and musicians have to share some of that blame because they are not, they are not united. Well, yes. Collective (laughs) formation. Where is is our music? Where's our music coalition, our, our music association of Trinidad and Tobago that encompasses mm-hmm. all genres of music? Mm-hmm. Where Why are artists not coming together to work with each other to help drive this forward? Where is the, where is the music representative that, who is the music representative that is meeting with the Minister of Trade or meeting with the Minister of Culture and presenting proposals to help drive mm-hmm. the music industry forward? Where is that? Where are the standards for, for performances or performance spaces or for promoters? Where is that? We talk a lot. There's a lot of talk happening. You and I know this. Yes. Because we are, we, are of, we are part of mm-hmm. that conversation all mm-hmm. the time. There's a lot of talk happening, but nothing. How can, now I'm convinced, in speaking about Trinidad specifically, that our mm-hmm. government doesn't begin to understand the creative space. Do you start? I'm convinced, I'm convinced that they don't. I Laura, don't, I'm don't convinced start that they, they don't understand the value mm-hmm. of the creative space. But on the other hand, somebody has to show them the value. Somebody has to say, well, this is not just a hustle for us. This is an mm-hmm. actual business. Mm-hmm. And therefore, this is what we require. But where's the organization representing artists that's saying that? There yep. is none. We yep. have a bartenders as well, bartenders association. <laughs> yes, we yeah. have a gym owners association. Yeah. Everybody form an association to make private, private make taxi drivers. Everybody, so, right. Yeah. Mm. Where is soccer association? Where is pre- the music association? That Laura, you're preaching to the rock choir. and gospel and everybody. Yeah. There's none. Laura, so how are we supposed to be take? And then, and then, Nigel, no, this is mm. our pet peeve. Mm. The education side of it. Oh, People are not even taking care of their own business. So how are the mm. government supposed to take care of your business if you're not taking care of your business? Your music I- registered. Simple question. Do you have an ISRC, the code? And I speak about that. Just the other day, I did a story about um, 
interview DJ Gel mm-hmm. about um Tough Soca, yes, which on, is one on of Sirius the Tough XM. Gong radio on Sirius FXM. Mm-hmm. And he said one well, he's he's he and another DJ are responsible for curating the music with the soca list. Yes. And he said there are a lot of lot of a lot of songs that are not registered. They don't have that ISRC mm. code. Mm-hmm. which is necessary for digital music. So if your business, a lot mm-hmm. of people not even registered as a business. As a business, quite true. As I said, a lot I... of artists still not signing contracts. So if you're not treating yourself seriously, why should the government invest in you? Well, the government has, as I said, the government has, and certainly recently, has tried its best to advise people to be, and COVID-19, when they were registering to give grants, exposed a lot of this, that a lot of people mm. were in the informal industry, as a not registered, weren't paying taxes, all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it's become very apparent, as I said, that collective formation is a thing that is not happening. Can, who can form, who can insist that people form a collective? Again, I, I, I'm not blaming the government, but I'm saying that the government has what the Americans like to call a bully pulpit, in the sense no, that if the government says something... A role to play. The government can the government can be dogged on the private sector, on the creative sector, and mm-hmm. say, "Listen, form a collective because as a collective, you're going to be an advocate voice. You're going to represent yes. your industry. When a, a a private trade organization comes to America from from sorry comes from abroad to Trinidad to want to do business, I am not going to be doing it for you. You all have to do it for yourselves." One yeah. of the things that I, and you spoke about investment, and I, I was as I said doing some research for this thing back in 2016 there was this conversation at the Caribbean Development Bank level about the music industry turning digital and they wanted to do a feasibility study about how effective and an action plan going forward. And by 2018, they actually presented some things out in Barbados. And what they were, uh, Alison Wynnum, who was the head of the Association of Independent Music, which is called AIM, made a point that how you have to be a collective regionally it's the only way you can collaborate is collectively one man shows don't cut it you have to be a collective additionally mm-hmm. she also was saying that um you have to be part of a larger organization so that if even if you have a collective in trinidad or in jamaica or in barbados or in suriname you also then should become part of a larger organization such as exactly AIM and that kind of thing. exactly so that when you talk with a collective voice you are listened to you have impact as it is right yes. now, for the last, you know, how many years, people have no impact. I've been talking, right? I mean, exactly. I write pieces. You are journalists. You, you, you present all the information to us as weekly, daily, as it was. Yeah. And it, it, it and then probably, what? Exactly. It probably gets to the desk of the minister who sees it and, says, and then it turns around and says, "So what are they doing about it?" Thank it you. For me, it you can for me imagine. To spend money? You can imagine if it had a soca association Trinidad, in Barbados, in Bahamas, in Virginia, all the islands, in, soca is in Caribbean. St. Lucia, mm-hmm. and they all get together mm-hmm. as a force to help push music. I mean, are we just talking it? soca because soca mm-hmm. is just one genre. Of music one genre, exactly. Yes, we are so. reggae, we are dancer, we are zouk, mm-hmm. we are compa, we are denry segment, mm-hmm. we are bashment. We 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 have real music in the Caribbean. If we really unite as a region, as artists, musicians, come together, stakeholders, mm-hmm. media, we really come together and mm-hmm. push to, for innovation to happen, for, for, for investment to happen, things will happen. Things but we're too busy fighting down each other, everybody trying to, to guard <laughs> their little piece, their little corner, the archipelago, yeah. and it, yeah. it don't make sense. I think leadership is one of those things that is missing. There's a whole generation of leaders that certainly happened in the independence generation going way, way back and thing, 50s and 60s, that led countries to independence yeah. as it was. But I think more recently, and this is probably a I'm probably part of that. I was born in during Federation. But um yes, Michael, idea, we know you're old. Uh, old, deal with it. And I'm looking <laughs> good. I'm looking damn good. But say what? Anyhow, the idea of the views expressed. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. I got to take that one. All right. So that the, the idea, the kind of the, the kind of leadership vacuum that exists, certainly I, I see in terms of the, in, in a lot of industries as well as civic society and civil society, you could see it. You know, there are people who talk quickly and then they disappear very quickly and then mm. and they don't sustain and they don't certainly don't bring information and don't bring the advocate voice to the public. I don't know who's handling public relations or publicity for a lot of these people. So that you have an advocate voice that's making sense and nobody knows about you and nobody hears you. I guess it's like podcasts too. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you have, it, there, there's, there, ha, there has to be a role in leadership, right? And I, and I keep saying this to you and I'm glad that just you and I having this conversation tonight that we are in a position, I think, to, to be a, a small advocate voice 
for the yeah. industry by speaking about the industry and putting it out in the public domain about what happens, what to do, what not to do, and where next to go. And, and we hope, said, but we hope people are listening. You know, we want people. We hope people are listening. We hope developers mm. are listening and finance and donor agencies and policy are listening makers and, and, donor and policy yes. makers mm. are listening because mm. at the end of the day, we don't know when we are coming out of this pandemic. Right, that is the truth. We don't know that there'll be a carnival next year. Most of the festivals in the region, for for at least up until summer in the Caribbean, have been cancelled. Correct. We don't know what the future Mm -hmm. of these festivals will be. We don't know what 2022, 2023 will bring. We don't know. We don't know if in five years there'll be another pandemic. We don't know. So our artists, our industry, cannot. Mm rely on live gigs and touring mm-hmm. they just can't anymore so we need and tech technology is where it is so we yeah. need technological solutions indigenous mm-hmm. caribbean technological solutions to help push the industry forward it is crucial mm-hmm. for the sustainability for the success of the industry it is crucial we cannot wait for foreigners to come and rescue us we just can't laura you're right on the tourism industry for loop also right and mm-hmm. um of course that has also been affected just like the entertainment industry and i've wondered about the idea of how technology impacts just as you're discussing here yes we use technology to buy a ticket yes we use technology to book a room and that kind of stuff you have to physically fly and get there but are we utilizing technology to enhance region, the region, to enhance the name of the region and get our message out there? Because one of the things that happens, I think, is that when you say the Caribbean, we still have a, a, a name that still connotes poverty. Sunsy and sand are not much. Mm-hmm. Innovation and technology and high engineering is not top of the list when somebody says Caribbean. And that I mean, kind there, of... there, there isn't a lot of technology, technological innovation happening in that space. But the difference is the tourism space, mm. the tourism space mm-hmm. is dominated by strong lobbying bodies. Advocate groups. That's a good, <laughs> so you have, you have the Caribbean Tourism Organization. Mm-hmm. You have the Caribbean Hotels and Tourism Association. Mm-hmm. You have IATA, which is international for mm-hmm. travel. Mm-hmm. You have the UNWTO. You have the World Travel Trade. Mm-hmm. You have... And less travel mm. bodies mm-hmm. whose mission is to ensure that the tourism industry survives this pandemic. And they right. have been working over time, which is why plenty borders are open, which is why mm-hmm. airlines are flying mm-hmm. to, to a lot mm-hmm. of these destinations, which is why hotels are reopening because the, the lobby bodies are strong. Well, that is a, a prime <laughs> example of what needs to be. And if, if, if ever there was a, a, a example to reinforce the idea of collective formation, I use the word collective formation. That is it. With yeah. individual way of going individually or the big man thing and I go follow the one leader, ain't cutting it. You have to no. f- form collectors by the country, by the region, and then be part of an international body, such as yeah. AIM or whatever these international bodies as independent. Because um, our business model doesn't re- revolve around labels, but we certainly no. revolve around the independent music industry. And we are part of and that. Also, and also, mm-hmm. Nigel, be aware of what is happening outside of the Caribbean. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things you and I spoke about this week was this company called United Masters, which was founded by Steve Stout, who mm-hmm. was a former, a former music executive out of a few big labels in the US. Mm-hmm. And he founded this agency called United Masters, which basically connects artists with all sorts of music opportunities, licensing mm-hmm. deals, um, you know, advertising with mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Um, mm-hmm. And and I mean, it's, a, it's open to artists from all over the world, mm-hmm. but why don't we, how many people, how many artists in the Caribbean are aware of this company, mm-hmm. aware of that they could take advantage, use this company mm-hmm. as an opportunity to get connected? How many artists are thinking about licensing deals, about getting their music played um, at, at, at in, in, in sporting arenas or mm. getting the music on film, getting the music and ads, getting the, and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. right. How many artists are thinking about that? I have done interviews with a couple artists over the last few months who were not soca artists mm-hmm. who, because they, because they, they belong, they, they sing in a genre that is not very popular. Mm-hmm. They, that is the route they went. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, one of them is Marcus Brave Boy. Yes. Um, we used to call him Mark Hardy music. back in the day. Mark Hardy, mm-hmm. yes, who mm-hmm. got his music. Well, he now goes by Brave Boy. Brave Boy. Um, mm-hmm. And had his music played at an NBA, NBA event mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he has a licensing deal. So what you know about action is an action thing. You them pure satisfaction is what the action brings. So what you know about action is an action thing. You them pure satisfaction 
Yeah. Um, and so companies like this help artists to think beyond the regular model, which is sing at a live event. Sing at a live event and get, and get paid. Right. Well, uh, what, you know, one of the things that comes, or one of the things that I do and I do, and you can is kind of take the larger picture. What you've given is examples of individual musicians, individual artists who are doing things, right? We could we have a list mm-hmm. of them all over the Caribbean, right? And more power to them, and that's all well and good. But we have a large number of there was something that uh, an, a, a company called Media had posted, and they kind of categorized the music industry, which caught my eye. There are very few artists who become superstars, very few, a handful. Mm, and we know they are they're global superstars, right? Mm. And then there are a lot of people, a lot of them who can potentially become stars, right? But then there are a whole, whole lot of what they call hobbyists, right? And that is what dominates a lot of, certainly a lot of the modern music industry. And unfortunately, a lot of the music that is being put out, I'm, I write reviews for a magazine here locally and things. Somebody is not mm-hmm. really well done. It's not well made. It's not interesting. And I'm from the Caribbean. Who said if you're from abroad with listening with foreign ears and that kind of stuff? Yeah. We have a lot of, what we're having is a lot of people who are not doing the business of music, which mm-hmm. is what we talk about. And that as a consequence, I think has put us back or behind the, behind the curve as it was. Because innovation takes a kind of work ethic that a lot of artists don't have. They like the lifestyle, mm-hmm. but they don't like to work hard. And innovation also means that sometimes you're going to fail. I mean, some of these companies started bus and then started a second or third time before they make it, right? Yeah. Some you companies. Can't be risk averse. Ah. And <laughs> you you're, sometimes, sometimes you also have to change your career. I always remind people that. Spotify started as a data company and then mm-hmm. it switched to a streaming company. Now it's the number one, it's the leader in streaming, streaming, um, streaming companies globally. They still have made yeah. a profit. They still, they, they, the value is a, they, I think the value is more than Universal Music, which is the biggest record company in the world. They've mm-hmm. put billions of dollars, but they still have made a profit. And of course, they kind of guide how the industry operates. But we have a lot of followers, but as you rightly say, we don't have those innovators. Mm. I question, well, what was the cause for that? Is it, is it education in the sense of going to school and learning and having an ability to reason? Is it having access to money, having access to opportunities? That is, do you have a, a cell phone so they could make a, be on the internet? You could read about these in, in um, entrepreneurs like United Masters in America or, yeah. or, or Track Trip, that company in Suriname, because that I remember, I think you pointed it to me. It's a company that, uh, that was doing a streaming platform based in um, Suriname, as I said, hand, yeah, I guess, handed yeah. in the Netherlands Antilles. But it was it was an app-based company and they were doing their business. But then they were recently acquired by an American company mm-hmm. for plenty, plenty money. And mm-hmm. their focus is on the kind of small music industry which we have in the Caribbean. But the opportunity for people to know that is not front page news, certainly on the media. No, it's not. And we, although we have a number of podcasts and everybody's doing a podcast like Music Matters, hey, and <laughs> everybody is, you know, there are platforms, um, what websites and blogs and that kind of stuff. The information is not seeping down, right? Um, no, it's not. I, I, I don't want to be controversial, but I, people don't read, as you and I both know, right? Oh, no, people do not read at all. But it seems as if they don't want to listen either. So that I think we, you literally have to slap people with the information in their face for them to could even pay possibly, attention. or be flashy. I mean, I, I think about the, the same verses as we spoke about in the beginning of this podcast uh-huh. when verses started. But how did everybody know that Beanie Man and Bounty Killer were going to have a versus? Because when it started, I think the first the first pair that they had were household names in, in the Caribbean. It wasn't certainly were household no. names. Their numbers weren't that large, but they once a word got out, hey, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, everybody in the Caribbean jumped on. Half a million plus plus were on, on board. It was building to that. I think by the time Bounty and Bini came on, mm-hmm. it just had reached a point where people were... Everybody knew I, I, People were tuning in because I remember I was tuning every weekend to watch mm-hmm. Versus. So if yeah. people knew about it and Bounty and Bini just take it, push it mm-hmm. into the stratosphere. I mean, they Versus reached a million followers on Instagram right after right Bounty after and Bini. Yeah. That's so important and hit and Billboard never gave him credit. Other story. Mm. Um, <laughs> locally, I, I know that Vizenod Voicey has certainly a following. I know he's actually talking to policymakers. He had the attorney general on his show. In a real world, mm-hmm. somebody would have done make him an offer. An offer. And and which in now begs this, which now begs the second question. In addition to the local entrepreneur who seems to want to be individualistic, we also have those kind of corporate entrepreneurs who exist around. They have companies that have massive, massive companies who are certainly not even interested. 
some of them no. may, they may own three or four radio stations they may own a media company but they're no not vision that that is a problem no vision and, no vision and it and it bothers me because i i don't know it's going to start a trend or a cycle where if they're not doing it then who's going to do it and then 20 years from now we just one, 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 one. somebody has to take the lead and i think leadership is one of those things that's lacking leadership to form this organization this collective organization and stand up yeah. And I think we it. have, I think we have a cultural issue in, in, in and, and not just Trinidad because mm-hmm. these discussions happen in, in other countries in the Caribbean as well. Mm-hmm. But I think because the Caribbean is, has always been such a consumer society, we not we don't really have a, a you know outside good. outside of a few things, you know the steel pan and some other things. We don't really mm-hmm. have a, a, a reputation for innovation and invention. Yeah, well, you know it's. <laughs> One of the things, and as I talk about steel pan, one of the things that always surprised me, the steel pan, the, the G pan family of, of, of instruments, Brian Copeland, who became the, the principal of UE at St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. As an engineer, he and some other partners, they developed this brand new innovation in the steel pan. They yes. put in more notes on the pan and you know, reducing the number of different varieties of steel pans to create a family of instruments. But after they did that, they did made an electronic version, which is qualified, the percussive harmonic instrument. Mm. They were met with a lawsuit by the government where there was a change mm-hmm. in government. And that to me was a signal that if you try to innovate, right, aside from the whether or not there was commercial demand for the GPAN or for the FI, but you actually yeah. get a lawsuit because it, then people are going to say, why am I innovating? Because exactly. I thought that that to me was was so disappointing when when the government is going after an innovator because oh the government gave him money and he didn't sign the contract whatever the deal was right and I think yeah. the, the case was ultimately dropped in the court and that kind of stuff so you just wasted a whole set of time you you basically vilified innovators and then tried you, you dampened any spirit of innovation because mm-hmm. the whole idea of Innovation, like anything else in this modern industry of intellectual property, depends on contracts and you have to have a lawyer and it's not, it's not easy. It's not one, two, three, ABC yeah. kind of stuff. Then you, but it's also, it's not cheap. A lot of innovation that is taking place no, it's, in, it's not in, cheap. in the technology industry, that is what they do. The first wrong, they say, go and get funding to continue the innovation to move from a beta level to an alpha level. You know, the whole yeah. kind of thing. That's how these things operate. So, But it just at least requires people to, a lot of, a lot of innovation that has happened in the tech space, mm-hmm. in the early days especially, you know, we talk about the computers and the Macintosh mm-hmm. and all these things, came out of a need to make life better. Yes. For people. It wasn't mm-hmm. about necessarily about money. Mm-hmm. Silicon Valley was about how could we create invent things that will make life simpler, easier, yes. better. Mm-hmm. You know, look look at the progression of of, of of tools we had for music. You know, we had mm-hmm. a big radio and then it mm-hmm. went to the, the, the CD player, then it went mm-hmm. to Discman in your hand, the yeah. Walkman, walk yeah. mm-hmm. and then it went to MP3, and then it went to the MP3, the, I know the, it's streaming. <laughs> you know, Apple had one, wasn't an MP3. I can't remember the name of it now. Yeah, and then now and then and then Napster came along AAC. and mm-hmm. showed people what the, the, that yeah. was the, the, the grandfather of streaming. There you go. Yeah. You know, so so it everything was designed to how could we make life better, mm-hmm. easier? Why are the Caribbean we are not thinking like that? We we watching what everybody else is doing and we we, we create we mimicking what they're doing, mm-hmm. but we are not doing things that are uniquely for us. To help us, especially in the music space, I just it's frustrating. Eh? Me. It's it so is frustrating. it is frustrating. As I said, I, I've been looking at the idea of innovation. A former government had that as as one of the pillars going forward in terms of, and we actually hosted an innovation conference the, of the whole Caribbean of the Americas right here in Trinidad in Port of Spain back in it was like 2011, 2012 or something. So, and um, what became very apparent though was people were talking, a lot of jargon was being transferred back and forth. Everybody had a conversation about what to do, what to do. But then when time came for investment, because as I said, innovation is not free. Banks, our banks are very risk averse. Our venture Mm -hmm. capital, we tried a venture capital ecosystem. It didn't go very far. Um, I think out of our local trend, venture capital, we got Tambrin Radio. And Mm -hmm. beyond that, there was nothing much. I think the whole venture capital has dissipated. We had... um, there's a new thing we 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 spoke about it in an earlier conversation. I think it with Farley self and and um Keith Anthony Keith Kirk, Keith Kirk Keith right? Kirk. Yeah, we Kirk, spoke, yes. yes, we spoke about this with Keith Kirk also. Was the idea of blockchain, 
right? Yes. And I'm sure you're aware of this new this new innovation that's happening certainly in the, in the media industry, of course, well, NFTs, NFTs. non-fungible mm-hmm. tokens, as it yes. was. And there's a possibility of that being a way for independent artists to value, to, to make their, their digital products valuable and, of yes. course, sell it and that kind of stuff. Um, there is a Bajan artist who's actually using NFTs, Chantel Lane. Chantel mm-hmm. is a singer songwriter Chantel uh, from, yeah, Chantel from, from Barbados. Yeah, Barbados she's written yeah. for Rihanna. Mm-hmm. She's written for Marshman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, she's written mm-hmm. for a number of the big international. Um, yeah. I think she actually has a Grammy Award for her yeah. mm-hmm. She's using NFTs, and she's yeah. to me the only artist I know about in the Caribbean that is actually having I that like conversation. It. Yeah, which, which I, is to me is admirable. I'm Chantel the singer and also one of the writers on the song House Party. My name is Day. I am a co-producer and a co-writer. My name is Tuni and I'm from Lagos, Nigeria in West Africa. This token is all about creating a one-of-a-kind experience for Chantal's loyal supporters. The top bidder is going to get, are you ready for this? Custom House Party artwork. A dub plate, which essentially is just your name incorporated into the song you're also gonna get a music video cameo excited and also a preview of some of our unreleased music those are the conversations we need to be having even if these things are faddish and we don't know Mm, that it will it will work or lead to Mm. anything at the end of the day these are the kind of things i want to see artists exploring because as it is, you cannot rely on live gigs. You don't know when next you'll be touring well, and the, making money that way. As I said, the conversation about live, to me, it should have stopped since last year, since like August last year. You should have recognized what are we going to do come April 2021. That means yeah. you're supposed to be recording. You're supposed to have innovative ways to get your music out there. Product, product, product. Content, content, content. That has not yeah. been happening. Um, we, we talked about innovation in terms of, as I said, blockchain and that kind of stuff. There was something that I was reading elsewhere about the idea of, we spoke about Napster and of course iTunes and Spotify, how they made it easier and how it kind of, I would suggest, devalued the, the money. And NFTs are a, a kind of way of adding new value to the digital products. But there's something that has also happened where these things went along in that the same big corporations, the majors as it was, at the end of the day, they come in and so that streaming was a way and, and the internet was a way that artists could move, remove the middleman and they could go direct to customer and that kind of stuff. And then as it is now, the labels are the one who make the majority of money in, in all that streaming money that's, that Spotify is paying out every year. Is it labels who are making the money and the artists only making like a, a small percentage of this thing. And we'll set if you're a, a small artist from a niche genre like soccer or dancehall or reggae or calypso mm-hmm. so that we are in a situation where there's this kind of cycle that sooner or later the big the big companies large corporations could still come and it's not a matter of buying up a, a, a local company and you know adding value to a local company and enriching a local person but basically cannibalizing it and taking it over and, and reverting to a way where our local artists our Caribbean artists are at the behest at the mercy of the international corporations and their way of thinking and we kind of follow fashion and mm-hmm. it, the, I'm not sure if that plays a, a, a significant role in how our attitude towards innovation or if it plays any kind of role at all towards our attitude in how we do business but we, we it's it's a long hard road it's probably a lot more than two podcasters and two hosts on a podcast can discuss <laughs> but, uh, certainly, way, way more. but way I, more. I think as I said I think there's a role for policymakers there's a role for the state clearly there's a role for the artists and the creatives and that whole sector in terms of forming a collective and speaking with an advocate voice that is determined that is intelligent that has data laura let me do start on mm, data, 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 data 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 all right data data so data. that it, it it becomes it becomes a tricky kind of proposition going forward but it's something that we'll persist in doing because as i said as you know we have been recording music, certainly Calypso music, more than 100 years, reggae, yeah. global, soca, dancehall. Everybody is now, we know the music is now global. We are part of the music industry. We are not yes, we an are. organized part. And we certainly haven't gotten to the innovation part of but it we're as an yet. influential part. Ah. Extremely influential. Ah. Right? So Say it, Laura. Say it. The Caribbean cannot be discounted at all. Cannot be discounted. Cannot be discounted. But I do hope that... um 
persons listen to this and understand that this is not just a conversation between two people batting their lips, but no. we are making an appeal almost to creatives, yeah. making an appeal to policymakers, making an appeal to everybody involved, patrons, buyers, sellers. Listen, we have to get our act together. And if you yeah, are an innovator, I, I remember I've, as you talk about innovation, something just popped into my head. Kern Elliott, who's a, a software developer, he had created mm-hmm. an app called Tune, C-H-U-N-E. Yes, I remember to, that. To stream music. And he was trying to put the whole thing together. Then he retired it because he said he wasn't getting any kind of up, uptick that he was looking for. And I remember calling him and I, because I, I, I knew him and I said, you, you shouldn't give up because it's your first attempt at the app. The app wasn't successful commercially but don't give up altogether i don't think he, he went full full tilt in in a second wave but there's yeah. a there's this kind of i wouldn't say defeatist attitude but we have to understand we will get knocked on the first time and this whole notion of innovation a lot of the innovations that happens when you think of what um kickstarter talks about that mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds of people put these kind of things about and less than 10 percent actually make sense Oh, yeah, the tech graveyard is full, you know. Oh, come on. Yeah, it's full. And it's, it's full. And it's full of high-tech people you know, who innovated. Mm. Microsoft and these kind of companies have put Apple famously created a lot of things that bust, mm. <laughs> right? As, as you remember, and here I'm dating myself, the first dot-com boom. Yes, Yes. Before Google was a thing, mm. before, we, before Google became a verb and a way of life. Listen, people were putting everything wherever. Yeah, fish.com, meat.com, yes. anything was at .com. And now, the amount of things that just mm-hmm. went, came you know, belly flopped. Yeah. Came and went. Warren yeah. Buffett, at that time, I, I was I was living in the States at the time, Warren Buffett was asked about the internet, that whole internet industry. Mm-hmm. And his example, he showed him a piece of paper with about 100 names on it, right? And he said, this is a list of all the car companies that existed in America after Henry Ford made the first automobile car, right? He said, this is only page one of the A's. That are like 56 cents. <laughs> this is only the A's, right? He said, this always happens. Everybody jumps on board, give the industry some time. A lot of chaff will move to the side and what will stand out will stand out. We are in an industry yes. now with, I think they call it FANG, it's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, um, what was it Alphabet and Net- Microsoft? I, you know, there was Google is yeah. one of them, but you know it is, and, and Netflix. I think that's the other one. Netflix yeah. and Google, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, right? Those are the tech giants, right? So that, mm-hmm. as we said, a lot of people started. A lot of people are not here right now, but you have to start, and you that is start. the thing. That is the thing that has to happen. You have to have the conversation. You have to try yes. it. It's, not everything is going to succeed, and I'm still yeah. I'm still happy that we do have innovators and in our midst who have been trying it, trending. More power to them. Carry stream, more power to them. Yes. Track drip, more power to them. Um, there's there's some other names that escape me as as I speak, but those are the players that have to start. We have to. I always say this thing: exist locally, collaborate regionally, and sell internationally. Thank you. Okay. You know, I, as you were saying that, I was thinking that is perfect because I was thinking. Mm-hmm. You, you might create something that might be so influential in the Caribbean to corral mm. this music and push it. Yeah. International labels are looking for alternatives because the business model mm. of sign up with a label and them, as Steve Stout said mm. on Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. of the days of a, a label signing, you are basically giving you a loan. That's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. Even labels look, labels mm. are looking for new models and they are yeah. snapping up companies that they think exactly give them more independent artists, give them more access to a new mm-hmm. way of, of doing things. So you never know. You come out and create something, you never know. You know, you might be sitting on a multi million dollar idea. Hey, Laura, so, you know, you that's just. Laura, I feel we need to stop talking and do it ourselves. Yeah, we need to do it ourselves. We need to do it ourselves. There you go, and Laura. on that note. There you go. <laughs> and on that note, finish it off, Laura. Guys, this has been a wonderful session. Nigel, Absolutely it's been a long time. Beautiful. You and I just had a little test tet I enjoyed it tremendously. Same here, same here. Guys, remember you can find us on Spotify, iRadio TT. Let me do Nigel voice. Yes. You can find us on iRadio TT. <laughs> Spotify, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, Google, Apple Music Apple Podcast, Google, Google yes. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are on Instagram, we are on Facebook. Please leave some feedback, interact mm-hmm. with us. Suggest topics. There might be something you want to hear that exactly. we have not done yet. 
feel free to leave a topic, suggest something, give us some feedback. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, this was great. I enjoyed this. We should do this again it. soon. We should do it again. I mean, this, as I said, this takes us literally back to our very first podcast, which is over talking. All right. Back to this. Back, back to, to the days. There you go. When we were sleeping on the ground in our mattress. <laughs> And one microphone between Met- two people and that kind of thing. Metaphorically speaking, guys. Yeah, I am all Yes, Nigel, this was great. Wonderful. So that's about all we have for today. And we have been listening to Music Matters. The Caribbean Edition. I am Laura Dallas Phillips. And I'm Nigel Campbell. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Music Matters, the Caribbean Edition. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like, subscribe, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Music Matters Caribbean. And if you want to listen to our previous podcasts and keep up with our new material, check out the website podcast.iradio.tt or listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Radio Public and more of your favorite podcast platforms.